Department of Defense Bloggers Roundtable for Tuesday, February 26, 2013. My name is Tiffany Walker. I'm a lieutenant with the Office of the Secretary of Defense for Public Affairs, and I'll be moderating our call today. Today, we're honored to have as our guest Ms. Barbara Thompson, Director of the Office of Family Policy, Children and Youth, at the Office of the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Military, Community, and Family Policy. That's a mouthful there, ma'am. And then uh, we also have Sergeant Major Brian Battaglia, Senior Enlisted Advisor to the Chairman, Joint Chiefs of Staff, and his lovely wife, Lisa Battaglia. A note to our guests on the line, Sergeant Major Battaglia and his wife will be with us for about 20 minutes, but Mrs. Thompson will remain on the call for the duration of the roundtable. A note to our bloggers on the line today, please remember to clearly state your name and blogger organization in advance of your question, and respect our guest time and keep your questions succinct and to the point um, on the topic of Military Saves Week 2013 and uh, helping military families. Uh, We're going to take an opening statement now from Ms. Thompson, one from uh, Mrs. Battaglia, followed by the Sergeant Major. Uh, Go ahead, Ms. Thompson, if you have anything. Thanks, Lieutenant Walker. This is Barbara Thompson. Good afternoon, and thanks for joining the call. We're in the midst of Military Saves Week. It started yesterday, February 25th, and it goes until the end of the week on Saturday, March 2nd. And this is the seventh year that we've worked with the Consumer Federation of America to co-sponsor a week that really focuses on saving. And um, it's really a part of our, our overarching Department of Defense financial readiness campaign to ensure our families have all the tools necessary for them to be um, reducing their debt and making efforts to save for their future. All right, thank you, ma'am. Mrs. Battaglia? Hi. Um, promoting financial fitness within the ranks of our military families is crucial. We all at some point have faced or will face a financial challenge. I'm no different than any other military spouse, nor are Brian and I different from the average military family. In 27 years, we have moved over 16 times. We've faced family emergency, had to make some major purchases, and we've mainly budgeted and shaped our lifestyle to live off of one income. As part of building a family, we, like others, sat down as a team and drew up a budget, adjusted it over the years, saved where we could. TSP wasn't available to us as enlisted way back when, so the investment we were guided to was savings bonds, and we saved for many years. It's made quite a nest egg. TSP is available now, and while it may be a little too late for us, it's not for you. TSP is a great investment plan. Growing as a military family, the two of us communicated as a team and made a true conscious effort to stick to a plan, made sacrifices, and became responsible money managers. And this is what I try to share with our young and not-so-young military families. Call us old-fashioned, but I still make Brian lunch every day. I couldn't tell you how long I've been doing that. Not only does it promote nutritional fitness, but the money that we saved over the course of time is huge. Brian, as a Marine, needs to get a haircut every week. At seven to eight bucks a pop, Brian taught himself many years ago how to cut his own hair. You add it up. Fifty-two weeks at seven to eight dollars a week plus tips. These are just a couple of ways that we still save to this day. Sure, we can afford it, but we have built a financial discipline into our lifestyle that permits us to save that expense and use it on something better and more special. Financial financial fitness should be in every household. And um, this is Sergeant Major Battaglia uh, coming up last in line, the guy with the funny haircut. 
And uh, let, let me just say that uh, obviously financial fitness is a priority of mine as well. And, and we really, uh, or I really encourage our men and women to establish and sustain financial discipline in, in your lifestyle. You know, it's, it's all about being totally fit. I know the chairman and I kicked off uh, a military saves uh, short video, but but there's a whole lot more to saving than that video than the video captures. And savings is more than just trimming off, you know, twenty five dollars from your paycheck or throwing it into a savings account. It's that's certainly part of it. But as Lisa stated earlier, there are some simple ways within your individual portfolios that you all we all can live financially smart, avoiding at times the nice to haves until it makes sense and until you can afford it. You know, I've asked myself questions over the years, such as how does uh, how do we as a young couple or a service member know that we are living within our means? Trying to stay debt-free is certainly one way, but it's not always a reality, and um, you know, it's very easy to fall prey to living beyond one's means. There's obviously some temptation into impulse buying, but you know there are also payday loan sharks and questionable salespeople that are ready to latch on to service members and families uh, as soon as they enter the military. So you know, since we know this, I just want to say that I think it's vital for our leaders at all levels in counseling their troops on the importance of being financially smart. Leaders really do play an important role. We're, we're uh, victims of it, if you will, a victim of our own success, should I say. And, you know, when a young trooper is preparing to buy a first car, I think a leader must be involved. Even when a young trooper is preparing to have a child for the first time, I think that a leader must be engaged. Um, and, and when a young trooper is preparing for marriage, a, a leader just has to be there. Each one of those real-world instances are investments in major expenses, and if they're not done correctly, they, they could be catastrophic. So it's never too early to start financial education. Let me throw out a parental concept to you. You know, many of us as parents pay our child weekly dues or buy monthly stipends for chores around the house, and we teach our child once the cash is gone, it's gone, or the, the, the change. Or mom and dad can give, uh, you know, the son or daughter in advance but when they do that, we've just placed the child in debt. So the idea of taking that money and placing it in the piggy bank and saving is one of our most simplistic ways of financial discipline. We do it to children, so why not do it to ourselves? Sometimes we you know, have to be uh, get a lot better at practicing what we preach. And when I came up in the ranks, it was automatic for my leaders to be involved with, with my pay, even at times with Lisa's pay as well. And And... You know, we see what was coming in, and we see what was uh, where it was going. Systematically, as a subordinate, I sat down every month with my senior NCOs and company-grade officers, and we went over that government document called the leave and, leave and, leave and earn, earnings statement. It gave us, Lisa and I, and even me, when I was single, some financial counseling, but it also provided my senior NCOs with one-on-one -on -one time to know more about me. I never took it as an invasion of privacy, and over the years, that's an effective leadership practice that we've shelved, and and I agree that we need to continue efforts of bringing things like that back, and I believe we will. So that ends uh, opening comments, I believe, from this aspect, and Lieutenant, over to you for questions and answers. Yes, sir. We're going to take questions in order of appearance on the line today. Um, we had uh, Sergeant Flowers from the Marine Corps. You were up first. Would you like to go with a question? Oh, I'm okay, ma'am. I'm okay. Okay, and then we'll start with John McCandless. Go ahead, John. 
Uh, greetings, John McCandless. I write for a number of blogs, including Navy Memorial Blog, and also my own blog on uh, food, our troops, and veterans. Uh, what type of tools uh, have you given the, uh, the troops over the years, and has the program uh, progressed over seven years, and uh, basically what are the metrics, uh, has, it, has it worked out, or is it getting better? This is Barbara. I would like to explain some of the tools that we have. At each one of our family centers, we have certified financial managers who are there to provide education and budgeting and counseling for our service members and their families, as well as our partners on our installations, the defense credit unions and the military banks are required to provide, again, those education tools for our service members and their families. In addition, we have Military One Source, which is a 24-7 internet or else by telephone um, information and referral, and, and people can call up for 12 sessions of financial counseling, either by phone or in person. Those are really wonderful tools because they can be adapted to the time zone that you're in, and, um, and you have the privacy of doing it face-to-face -face or, or telephonically. In addition, Military OneSource has a, a slew of calculators and resources to help people understand the ins and outs of financial literacy. Um, the progress we have, we do track um, our junior enlisted and how they perceive their financial condition, and we luckily can report that um, since we've started tracking this data, it, they, our troops feel very comfortable with their financial situation. Now, I think, you know, this is a time where we are looking at um, outside of the military, outside of the gates, we have some economic challenges, unemployment, and I, I think that affects our military family just as it does the larger American population. So for our military spouses, in order for them to have career opportunities and job opportunities because their contributions to the well-being of their family is really critical. All right. Thanks, ma'am and John. And uh, Todd, you're up next. If you guys have uh, questions for the SEAC or his wife, if you guys could front load those. Um, and then we can let, let them off the hook here and finish with Ms. Thompson later. Uh, so go ahead, Todd, if you have any questions. Sergeant Major Todd Lopez here with Army News Service. Hey, um, with the benefits and pay that service members get, do you think, is there any reason why a soldier or a sailor or a Marine couldn't, can't be financially solvent, him and his family? I, I um, yeah, that's a very good question. I think the benefits that we, and entitlements that we provide our service members, even to this day, you know, just in comparison to when I, had first joined the service, um, have continued to get better and better. But it's not just the benefits, it's the education thereof. And, uh, and, and so I think as a young military couple or even just a single bachelor service member or bachelorette over the course of years uh, uh, completing a career in the military, um, the, uh, the entitlements and the benefits that are afforded to each and every service member is a, is, is a great path. To, uh, to become very successful, financially fit um, during and to the latter part of that career, entering the next phase of their life as a, as a veteran. Tom, do you got a follow-up? Sure. What are some of the pitfalls, uh, sir, that you see that service members have fallen into, uh, you know, that you've seen uh, repeatedly or year after year that you would warn them against uh, falling into, if you could? Well, I, I believe uh, what it sort of immediately jumps out 
with regards to a pitfall is the vulnerability they have from from folks that are not, um, you know, kind of playing by the letter of the law and take advantage of military families. Uh, I mentioned in my opening remarks about payday lenders and and folks, you know, like like that who who are out to make a profit and and at any expense, especially the service members' expense. So we want to try to educate our force in in avoiding those those people, and that you know if uh, if if an allotment needs to be made to pay off a vendor for a piece of merchandise, maybe the better option for them to be would be to um, use the allotment through their bank or pay for it in cash and not sign up for you know a loan, if you will, that may not be um, so advantageous to the financial portfolio of that military family. And if I could add something, uh, part of the, the Military Lending Act and the, the protections that it provides is that we've worked with our defense credit unions and the military banks on the installation, and they offer small interest loans to get people over those little emergencies that we know that these payday lenders go after like a $500 loan, and we can offer an alternative in on our installation, banks and credit unions. All right, thank you both. Uh, we have Karen Jowers up next. Karen? Hi, Sergeant Major. Looking back at those sessions that you had with your senior, senior NCOs, can you maybe describe a couple of instances where they gave you really good advice that helped you avoid a major mistake or helped you do something proactive that really changed your financial future? Uh, I can, and thanks for that question. The, uh, you know, and this is nothing new. And when I say it, you're going to say, "Oh boy, have I heard of that before?" And what they taught me was to pay myself first. And you know, how long have has that been? That simple statement been going around. Now, now, when I was growing up as a young Marine, the the investment back then was uh, was savings bonds. I think Lisa had mentioned that in her her opening remarks as well. And we saved over the course of the year. That was the advice given to me, and and uh, and, and that's you know that's brought us a, a nice little nest egg, if you will. So uh, so I certainly took that advice to heart. And then buying a home at that point in time was uh, was very good advice as as well. I, I didn't I didn't take on that advice. Um, and, and purchase a home myself, but I know service members of my peer group who did, who are sitting very financially sound to this day. Any mistakes that they helped you avoid? Um, n none that I can I can be uh, you know aware of. But uh, you know, even back then, they there were those payday lenders that once you ran out of money, direct deposit wasn't a thing back then. We got cash. And when you ran out of cash, you were out of cash till the following payday. And there were there were sharks out in the local community who would, you know, loan you $150, let's say hypothetically speaking, and then the following payday, when you got paid, you had to pay them $250 back. So those loan sharks were, uh, you know, hungry and active uh, back then. And my, my senior NCOs kind of steered me away from those folks. Hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you, Sergeant Major. Uh, Lila, you're up next. Um, I, I don't really have anything to add um, except another resource uh, is the Military Saves website itself <laughs> um, for, for folks. And I also really do appreciate all of the um, 
the very personal saving tips that Mrs. Battaglia shared with us. Great stuff. Those were pretty good. Um, we just started the home haircuts uh, at my house this week. Uh, my husband's looking pretty great at work today. Ensign <laughs> uh, Dury, do you have any questions for the Sergeant Major? Nope. Okay, we'll head on to Jen Pilcher. Jen, do you have anything for the Battaglias? Hi. Uh, I also agree. I think the personal examples really help people understand. And I'm interested to know, within the service right now, is it mandatory that any of the service members attend financial classes or, I'll say, in-service with their leaders, or is it a volunteer-based program or command-based program? Um, yeah, I, I think unless anybody, um, you know, ha comes back in, in rebuttal, I, I think it's mandatory, especially for all the young service members first entering the service. Uh, matter of fact, every base we go to, especially the Air Force bases, we try to make a stop at um, at one of the centers that the Air Force has, has really promoted uh, called uh, the First Term Airmen's Center. And in there is kind of the introductory 101 phases of, of military life in the Air Force. It's open for both the service member and the spouse. The service member is compulsory. The spouse, I believe, is optional. And within that venue comes some pretty, um, uh, some pretty detailed financial counseling and advice. Great. Great. And again, Mrs. Patagra, thank you for the personal examples. Do you have any others that you'd like to share? I think everybody would like to hit on that. Um. The only thing I can think of right off the top of my head is to uh, to try to live within your means. You know, you don't need what the neighbors have if you can right. afford it. Um, and if at all possible, only one person deals with the finances, and the other one can get involved on on a uh, a little bit of an outside basis. But only one person to to uh, to keep from getting confused on who spends what. Right. Thank you. I think um, you know it's kind of a, a dovetailed comment. You know, we would like to see financial instability brings tension within a relationship and a marriage, and that may have some factors that play into marital tension that leads to separation, that may lead to divorce. It may lead to other things, you know, that that are, are not good results. And, and so um, financial fitness plays a big role in more than just being healthy in the wallet. We, we would like to teach a behavior within society as which which once was, you know, it's it's okay to for a young military couple to to have secondhand furniture, and what worked for us as probably some of you all, you know, the the cinder blocks with the piece of wood or the electrical spool that got sanded down and varnished as a coffee table, really worked just fine as furniture for a young family like we uh, just starting out. It didn't have to be. The, the brand new furniture or Ethan Allen style that really set us back. All right, thank you both. I think that was great. Uh, Adriana, do you have any questions? I was actually just going to uh, talk a little bit of, or ask a question about timing. I think as a financial educator, and I'm sorry, I'm Adriana from Military Money Chica and Next Gen Military Spouse. Um, I think timing is such a difficult thing. When do we talk money at the right time? And I know that we mentioned FTAC, and sometimes that's even a little too late. They've already got the car payment, or they've already got the star card. Um, how do we encourage getting to them at an earlier time? And then how do we 
continue that financial education. I think that's one of the biggest difficulties that I've faced in the financial education arena. So any thoughts on that would be great. Um, this is Barbara again. Um, we really feel it's important to start with our military children, and so many of them either enter the military or, or seriously consider entering the military. So part of Military Saves includes our youth centers and our school-age programs, and I'm of the personal belief we start with our preschoolers on, on basic mo you know, money management. Um, I think it's important because we do know that our recruits are coming into the service with already accrued debt. And um, I know we're working with the Office of Service Members Affairs to actually do a program for our people who, are, who have been recruited but who have not started basic training yet. So um, without, without um, any details to that program, I know it's something that we're looking at because we recognize that before they actually get into basic training that they have, um, they need some skills and to make some decisions regarding those exact things that you talked about. Thank you. Okay, and uh, uh, Sergeant Major, Mrs. Ventaglia, do you guys need to head out? I just wanted to uh, make a quick stop here in case you needed to, to say some closing statements and head out on your next event. We're, we're trying to hang in there as long as, uh, as long as we can, so please continue on. Okay, thanks, Sergeant Major. Dale Kissinger, you're up next, sir. Uh, yes, thank you very much. This is Dale Kissinger from MilitaryAvenue.com. Uh, my question is, how do, how do we tell the military families, how do we reduce their tensions during this time of uh, perceived uh, cuts in TRICARE and commissary use and furloughing civilians, et cetera, that are important for the programs at the family service centers, et cetera? Um, there's a lot of discussion out there, and I'm wondering what we, what we should be telling them from the leadership in the Department of Defense right now. Well, good, good question, because I, I find myself uh, sort of answering that in, in the talks that I do around the force when, uh, when, I, when I visit various bases, both, both um, in the continental United States and, and overseas. There have been, you know, some impacts, should I say, with regard to entitlements such as, such as TRICARE, but um, nothing that should worry necessarily a young military family that the quality of care will, will dissipate. And, you know, their, their leaders have an obligation to ensure that not only the service members but the families, despite any fiscal you know, challenges or constraints that we find ourselves in now will uh, will degrade just just because of some some forthcoming you know challenges that we have, like such as downsizing the force. All in all, you know, financial fitness takes financial discipline, and if a family continues to keep communications healthy within mom and dad or, or husband and wife and talk about ways that they can explore um, discipline in their behavior when it comes to finances, you know, I, I think that has the ability to survive. Um, I use, again, Lisa and I as a personal example of joining the military on the heels of Vietnam where our military wasn't in any uh, financial um, 
comfort zone, if you will, and, and we were downsizing at that point in time as well. And even though it was a different era, there are some conditions that are similar here, and we had to you know, work through those, and, and, we, and we got through it just fine. Now, it didn't come without some sacrifice. And so uh, I don't know if anybody else has anything else to add to that, but discipline really plays, uh, plays an important part to help uh, our families get through these, these times that are, that are soon approaching. Anybody else? Sergeant Major, I served during that time, too, and I remember it well, and my family and I survived it as well. I just hate to see our young people that have been fighting in wars for the last 10, 13 years have to do the same thing again. All right. Thanks, Dale, for your questions, and Sergeant Major, for your answer. Um, I think there were a few other people that joined. If there was somebody that uh, did not get to ask a question that would like to, if you can toss your name out and your organization now, and if not, we'll head back around the horn. Hi, this is Heather Sweeney from Military.com. Welcome, Heather. Go ahead and ask your question. Thanks. Um, uh, we were talking about children earlier and the importance of, of teaching them at a young age about um, good financial habits. I was wondering if any of you had specific tips um, to teach our children about the importance of saving money and staying out of debt. Um, there's um, a really great resource, it's called Money to Grow, and it's been uh, highlighted as, as an evidence-based program, on, on, and it goes to the different ages of children, so the message for a preschooler is going to be very different than a tween or a teenager. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, there are some resources that are available um, in our, through our affiliation with the Boys and Girls Clubs of America, and, and we use those in our youth programs. Do you have a follow-up, Heather? No. Uh, no, thanks. That, that's great. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Anyone else have any, uh, sorry, any people that uh, were not mentioned earlier have a question? All right. We'll head back around the horn. John McCandless, do you have any more? Uh, one question. What, what type of advice to uh, either the, uh, uh, the uh, military leaders uh, in, in particular units or the financial counselors on base give about purchasing a first car? Uh, obviously, if it's a new car, it's going to be an expensive purchase, uh, even if it's a small car. Uh, what type of things, uh, how do they counsel people to, to uh, buy their first car? Uh, John, certainly um, no single cookie-cutter answer for, for that one. It's, it's all going to obviously vary, but, you know, in the end, we want the decision to purchase the car, if in fact that's the right one and it is a car, uh, certainly, you know, much rather, a, I think in my own personal professional opinion, a car more than a motorcycle. But, you know, whichever the mode of transportation be, um, every case is going to be different. And uh, one thing that, that I'm reminded of is I can remember some young Marines who, uh, you know, who joined the service, of course, and and uh, and we're from New York, and not only was it their first car, but it was the first time they ever had a driver's license, only because it never had you know was required for them to drive because of the subway, and so it, it you know just laid on a kind of a different um, dynamic than from someone else who maybe grew up in cars or a, a farmland sort of a young lad who was driving tractors at the age of 13 or 14, but none, nonetheless we we want the you know, the, the, the loan to be sound and come from a very reputable uh, 
um, loan agent and, you know, just because it may have a small or low percentage rate doesn't necessarily mean that it may be the, the right or best choice. Um, I personally have hooked them up with Better Business Bureau to use, and um, and I seen that there was some there was some trust in a used vehicle that when you when you kind of bought that from another service member, if you will, there was there was some sort of automatic trust in that sale that you felt a little a little better, if you will, and. Uh, and then again, as I mentioned in my opening statements, having the, the leadership involved in that process is, is most crucial. Thanks for the And Jen, I'd like to add, this is Barbara. Um, we have, there's a website called saveandinvest.org. It's sponsored by FINRA, and they conducted a survey. And one of the good news stories is that our service members do a lot more research than their civilian counterpart before they go and buy a car. So they're, they're savvy consumers, and they're looking at, and I'm, I don't know if it's, so much of the loan issues, but what they're going to buy and if they can afford it. So we were very pleased with those results. John, I'm also reminded of a, uh, a car purchase that I had I had made some some years ago, maybe 15 years ago, and it it was a uh, I think a Toyota Corolla that um, and this was a secondhand car. We uh, we opted not to buy a, a brand new car. Lisa wanted wanted a Ford Mustang. That was a car she always wanted. She really wanted it, you know, passionately, and uh, and opted and made the sacrifice that we had to get a Toyota Corolla. I've felt that decision throughout the years, John. I'll be quite honest with you, and I'm happy to say that my wife now owns a uh, Ford convertible Mustang, happily, and the you know the Corolla is back on the on the sales lot. So there is some give and take and sacrifice, and sometimes you just got to save a little harder, save a little more. Again, the discipline comes into play and, uh, and get something that you're really going to enjoy uh, owning. That's a great answer. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Todd, do you have any further questions? Sure, I have two questions here. One, I, I want to ask uh, Sergeant Major Battaglia, and this is uh, mildly related to this. Um, what about service members in terms of, I know this sequestration is coming up and they're afraid civilians might be out on furlough. What about service members' jobs? Are they going to keep working through this thing and keep their pay coming in? Well, you know that the president has already, um, you know, guaranteed through his testimony and uh, that uh, our service members will be well taken care of with regards to their pay and compensation. So I see no impact uh, with regards to that sort of stability of our service members. I mean, remember, we have an obligation to support and defend our, our nation and its constitution. I'd rather not comment on anything with regards to civilian furlough, but I will say that um, if, and, if and when civilians uh, do have to take some degree of furlough, which will be methodically, obviously, you know, tiered and planned, that... Um, some of those voids or gaps may, in fact, have to be filled by uniformed service members. And it's not to do more with less, but rather um, just to help fill a temporary void while that civilian may be on the day of furlough. Very, very minimal impact. 
Good answer, uh, sir. And, and my second question is, during this Military Saves Week, um, are there some measurable goals? Is there some metrics here you want people to sign up for things, or do you want people to make visits to counseling? Uh, what are the goals during Military Saves Week, and what do you hope uh, that, you can, or that can be accomplished during this time? Uh, this is Barbara. The theme for 2013 is set a goal, make a plan, save automatically. And we're asking our service members to go to militarysaves.org and take the pledge. Uh, it's the pledge for them to be a saver, and it can be the service member, the spouse, and their children. And we track how many people take that pledge. Y'all, this is Leslie Holrod. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I know the Bataglias have extended their time with us. They're going to have to, to break off now because they're late for another appointment. But Mrs. Thompson is going to be here. I'm sorry to interject, but just want to make sure. Thank you, uh, Sergeant Major and Mrs. Bataglia, for joining us. Thank you. But don't go anywhere, those of you on the phone. <laughs> Commander Holright has boundless energy, as you just witnessed. Um, and if you'd like to, I can finish. Uh, Karen Jowers, if you would like to go ahead and ask your question of Mrs. Thompson or Ms. Thompson, please go ahead. I think I'm good for the moment. Thanks. All right, and then uh, then we'll follow with uh, Lila. Um, I don't think I have anything to add right now, um, but thank you for um, emphasizing taking the pledge. <laughs> and uh, that everyone can take it, and you can also re-pledge this year for the first time. Okay, thank you, Lila. And Jen, do you have anything further? Um, not to get to, back to that big scary word of sequestration, but if Ms. Thompson could just comment a little bit further, I, we have gotten a lot of questions about just family programs in general, if they're going to be severely affected. So obviously with the theme of money and saves and sequestration being on everybody's minds, is there any way to put to rest the concern over family programs with the military and sequestration? This is, this, I'm sorry to interrupt, this is Leslie Hillrod on that. As you know, just last week we notified Congress uh, of the possibility of furlough if sequestration is not averted. And, and right now, uh, the components, the services are giving methodical, careful thought to how uh, a furlough might be implemented if it's necessary to implement a furlough. But quite honestly, um, it's, it's really too premature to, to uh, think about uh, and talk about really specifics on, on what that furlough might look like and the effects, the specific detailed uh, effects of that furlough if it happens. I can tell you that, uh, as, as Mrs. Wright said in her press conference, and I would refer you to the transcript on, uh, of that, which is on defense.gov, that, you know, we are giving very careful thought to how we approach the furloughs but we do expect that there will be some impact to everybody, obviously not just the civilians who are being furloughed, but also to service members and their families. Great. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, as you know, on everybody's top mind, so I don't want to take anything away from military saves, and certainly we'll tie it in that we are all in this together. So I appreciate the comments for that. And uh, just a note to everyone on the line, I will uh, certainly post uh, links to the saveandinvest.org or, and Jen, I'll direct message you the transcript of uh, Ms. Wright's interview on furloughs and, and uh, possible effects of sequestration on the department. 
Um, we'll follow up with Adriana. Do you have any further questions? I just kind of wanted to ask a little bit of a techie question. Um, how can we better leverage social media to work together to educate the service member and their families about personal finance? Because we know so many people are communing online and consuming information there. Well, I'm going to let Ms. Thompson answer. And then as a DOD social media rep, I would love to take a swing at it too, Ms. Thompson. Awesome. <laughs> We have a couple of things going on. Um, you know, we have social media in military community and family policy, and um, it's important for us to hear from not only our spouses and our service members, but also from you all who deal with these issues every day, and, and you are a great conduit to get the information to our service members and their families. I know... Um, for example, the National Military Family Association has an app that is specifically designed to support spouses in acquiring information that is tailored to their needs. Um, we are looking at uh, websites. We, we have the Military Family Learning Extension Network where we're providing um, training to our helping professionals, and we have a, a community of practice in personal financial readiness. But we also have a community of practice in social networking so that they're helping us learn how to leverage social media to get the word out um, as, as deeply as we can. All right. Thanks, Ms. Thompson. So on our end, uh, I do social media for the Department of Defense. And mm -hmm. I would love to have any military families or military spouses interact with us on our social media platforms. Um, the big one for this week, obviously, the biggest resource, that, that, you know, the primary source, would be militarysaves.org. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, we're hosting things like this Bloggers Roundtable, um, and we try to get out there and talk to um, the people that are big on Twitter and people that are big into Facebook, and we try to be on all those platforms so that we can talk to military spouses, military families, military children about issues such as Military Saves. Um, we do also have a, a weekly podcast. We have a YouTube channel that has its own playlist about military saves um, that has uh, videos to include the one that the uh, Sergeant Major referenced. And then on the DOD's blog, dodlive.mil, we have a week-long series dedicated to just military saves content. So it's everything from eating healthy on a budget um, to senior level or, or sorry, senior uh, leader messages about Military Saves Week. So we can talk to all of those things, and if you have any follow-up questions, I'm uh, pretty passionate about my job. <laughs> Sweet. I can tell. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Dale, do you have any further questions? Uh, no, ma'am. Thank you very much. This has been great. All right. And uh, I think the final one would be Heather from Military.com. Heather, do you have anything further? No, I think everyone has already asked what I was thinking. All right. Well, thank you all. We've had some great questions and comments today. And as we need to wrap up today's call, I'd like to ask Ms. Thompson if she has any final comments. Uh, no, this is an exciting week for us. We, you know, and it's not just this week. We, you know, we, we focus on saving during military saves, but we really like to stress all of those financial habits during the whole year. And so it's not just a one-time shot. It's, it's, it's changing behavior and, and making sure that the right messages go out to support our service members and their families. All right. Thanks, Ms. Thompson. Uh, today's program will be available online at dodlive.mil where you'll be able to access a story based on today's call. Uh, it'll also come out on defense.gov, along with source documents such as this audio file, uh, the, the original blog post that went along with us, and uh, some links that I'll include in the blog post. 
Again, we want to thank Ms. Thompson and the Battaglias for their participation today. Um, and, of course, everyone that called in. This concludes today's event. Please feel free to disconnect at this